Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and everyone in between, welcome once again to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. This is our October crossing the stream. What? Did you really, you're really taking it as slowly as possible to get into this? <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Simon. And I am one of your hosts. And today, we are going to be talking about Hocus Pocus by Focus. That's right, we are going to be talking about... A whole the... episode on the Seminole 70s. Oi, 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 Dutch... Tro... Tro... Tr They're a Dutch progressive metal trog. band. You were going to say trog. I was going to say trog, different thing. Yole, 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 yole. Yes, an entire hour-long episode dedicated to the seminal classic, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Fuck, yes. Um, welcome, once again, to the madness that is the dumpster fire of our podcast. <laughs> um, we are three weeks into the month of October today. Uh, this episode will be coming out on the 21st of October, which is special for a number of reasons. Uh, we are exactly ten days away from Halloween. Yes. And... As of today, if you are listening to this on the day this episode is released, the brand new album from Taylor Swift, Midnight, has hit shelves, hit streaming services, and possibly, by the time you hear this, hit your ears. In fact, if this episode drops at 9am GMT, I urge you to go listen to Taylor Swift record, mm -hmm. get yourself real sad, then come and listen to this, then go back and listen to Taylor Swift album. <laughs> and look, as, long as, as long as you give us one stream... For every 10 that you give Taylor Swift, I don't care. Um, but yes, we are balls deep into the Halloween season, as the kids would say. I don't know, when they're talking about their vibing and their TikToks and their other nonsense. I don't know. I do not understand youngins today. Um, today, we are talking about Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. Disney done dropped a deuce. They did indeed. They should have got Star Magic Jackson Jr. Y'all. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Could you imagine in pictures maybe we gonna have a vegetable witch, a lady witch, an electricity witch, <laughs> an animated witch, a bat witch, um, and Hulk Hogan's gonna be in the picture. <laughs> Raging psychopath. Never let this town date that Um. Yeah. So we are talking about the long gestated long-awaited, uh, Disney couldn't have held out any longer and released it on the 30th anniversary of the original, straight to Disney Plus, sequel to Hocus Pocus. We are indeed. Um, so, are you going to do the thing, and then we'll talk about I it? I am indeed. Okay, so this one was directed by Anne Fletcher, who directed The Proposal. Wait, The Proposal? The Proposal. The... Keanu, Keanu Weaves, no. Sandra Bullshit movie. The Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock movie. Is that the one with Betty White, where she's like, to the window, to the wall? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, love, I, I like that. Yeah. She also directed uh, The Guilt Trip. That's the Barbara Streisand, Seth Rogen one, right? Yep. She directed Dumpling, which has got Jessica, um, Jessica, Jennifer Aniston in it. Yes. Uh, she directed 27 Dresses, and she also directed Step Up. What, the first one? The first one. The one with Shannon Tatum and Jenna Dewan. Apparently so. She's down as the director for it, which I did not know. Uh, it was written by Jen D'Angelo, who worked on Workaholics. I don't think she wrote for it, but she worked on Workaholics. That's okay. the Adam Devine show, right? Yeah. David Kirshner, who worked on the original. He was a producer on the original. And Blake Harris who is also writing uh, The Little Mermaid. Blake Harris, is he not the fucking guy from... Workaholics. No. No, not. I was thinking he's the guy from Inbetweeners. You know the big, tall, lanky, dopey one from Inbetweeners? His name's no, Blake it's, something. It's not him. I was going to say, fuck but, me. Uh, the guy who wrote this also um, wrote... Not the new Little Mermaid that's coming out, I want to be very clear on this, it was a 2018 film. Based on the story of the Little Mermaid, I mean that one. 
He also wrote the 2020 adaptation of Anastasia as well. Oh, fuck me. Uh, neither of those movies did particularly well. I so... did not even know that both of those things existed. Yeah. Uh, Cast-wise in this film, we have, reprising their roles from the original, Bette Midler as Winifred, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah, Kathy... N- what? I, I just... The, the, you saying that in my head just clocked how fucking lazy that is. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Najimi as Mary... And we also have Doug Jones back as Billy Butcherson. Well, go on. Yes. In this film only, we have Whitney Peake as Becca, Belissa Escobedo as Izzy, and Lila Buckingham as Cassie. We also have Froy Gutierrez. Gutierrez? Gutierrez, maybe. As Mike Sam Richardson as Gilbert. Tony Hale as the mayor slash Reverend Trask. And then we also get a special guest appearance from Hannah Waddingham. 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 Mm-hmm. Can never pronounce her name. As the witch mother. Biscuits for the boss. Yes, biscuits for the boss. Uh, also, very briefly in this, we do have, and I'll give them a shout because they are in this film. Taylor Henderson as young Winifred. Nina Kitchen as young Mary. Juju Journey Brenner as That's young Sarah. Name, isn't it? Jesus it is. Christ. Yeah, and Juju, Je- Juju Journey Brenner is an amazing name as a young Sarah. And then just because I thought it was really cool they were in it, we have Cornbread Jute, Kamora Hall and Ginger Minge as uh, drag versions of Mary, Sarah and Winifred. I love the fact that IMDb, and I'm assuming in the credits of that movie somewhere, it says Ginger Minge. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's beautiful. Um... And then, yeah, plotline-wise for this film, uh, two young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern-day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child-hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world. <clears throat> the plot of this film. My first question for you, yes. and it's a very important one. <clears throat> Is Sam Richardson the cringiest person in modern comedy right now? Yes. He's so cringy in everything. He is, but I kind of love him because of it. In fact, actually... The only thing that I've seen him in, and he wasn't cringy in it, and it's just, I think it's purely because he's not in it for very long, is Promising Young Woman. Yeah. And he's not, he's not cringy in that, because he's in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Yeah, he's not particularly <laughs> crun- cringy in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I don't know, man. He does that big old fucking speech, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's not particularly... <clears throat> and I think he was really cringy. fucking irritating in Werewolves. Within, yeah, like, he he's was... not cringy. He's not like cringy in Ted Lasso. <clears throat> oh fuck! I forgot he was in Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he like the guy from whatever? I can't remember what country it is. He's from. I but can't... He's like he's trying to buy Sam, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying to buy Sam. Yeah, for his team. Yeah, yeah. He's want... not particularly cringy in that. I just think I just think there's something about him. He's just very cringy. He's very one note. He does. He does the same kind of like. He's one of those actors who does the same kind of like comedy and the same kind of jokes in yeah. everything. He's he's not that bad in uh, Office Christmas Party. Office Christmas, Christmas Party. Party. Office. Um, I forgot he was in that movie. That movie <laughs> is fucking great. Um, anyway, so Hocus Pocus. Um, Two. Yeah, let's start with the first one. Okay. I'm going to take a big sip of tea from a Robert Pattinson mug. What what? Um, so, what is your relationship to the first Hocus Pocus movie? So, I love the first Hocus Pocus movie. I saw it when I was really quite young. Um, and it was like one of those... It was a movie you watched a kid on Halloween, mm-hmm. like, every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, numerous <coughs> films from that kind of era as well. Like, I, my Halloween watch party at my house was normally, like, Nightmare, This, and Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. Um... So I grew up loving this film. I absolutely adore it. And um, yeah, it's always been a huge, huge Halloween classic for me. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like ITV in the UK, they bought the license to it. So they would find excuses to like put it on. Mm -hmm. Christmas, Hocus Pocus is on. Halloween, Hocus Pocus is on. 
The third bank holiday of the year, Hocus Pocus is on. Every bank holiday of the year. St. Patrick's Day, Hocus Pocus is on. Valentine's Day, Hocus every, Pocus is on. Every other Saturday, your six o'clock movie, Hocus Pocus. You know how, like, ITV2 kicks the fucking ass out of, like, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead? Those movies are, like, always on. Mm. Hocus Pocus is one of those movies. Like, you could guarantee there was a bunch, like, maybe it's different for you because, you like, this movie came out when you were, like, a year old. But, like, there were certain movies that they would put on, like, randomly quite a lot when you're a kid. Like, Uncle Buck is one of them that I saw, like, 50 times when I was a kid. Yeah. Home Alone is one of them. Yeah. You'd be, like, you'd be like, it's fucking Valentine's Day. Why the fuck is Home Alone on? And they're like, ITV have got the license. They have to show it, like, X number of times a year. And, like, Hocus Pocus is one of those movies. I remember seeing it as a kid. Because it came out the same year as Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Around about the same time, actually. Um, so I remember seeing it, and it's one of those movies like I've never, I've never cared for. Like, I just I don't know what it is about Hocus Pocus. I've watched it numerous times. There's a couple of scenes in it that I really like. I love the you. Put, I put a spell on you scene. I put a spell because Bette Midler like sings her fucking ass off in she that does. scene. And there's like, it's nice to see like a young Thora Birch doing stuff. And the kid from Erie, Indiana's in it. Mm-hmm. So, like... But I just... It's one of those movies. Like, my sister fucking loves it. My mum fucking loves it. Me, I'm just like, nah, dog. It's not for me. So, I always was kind of a bit like... I didn't really understand why people wanted the second one. And I feel like the second one is always has always been, like, one of those white whales. We're living in, we're living in a, a universe now where, like... There's there's movies that people have campaigned for for years and they're like, it's never going to fucking happen. It's never going to fucking happen. And then eventually it does happen because we have like a million streaming services now that need content. Well, one thing I love about this one is that the basically this this being made was Bette Midler. Yeah. Like, because she basically went online and found out how um, massively popular Hocus Pocus has become over the years. And how beloved of a movie it has become for a generation. And went and just started ringing the studio like every year going like, are we are we doing this? Like, are we, we making this? We will talk about how ironic that is a little bit later. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think we're living in an age now where like all of these movies that we never thought we would see sequels to. Like, I never thought we would see a sequel to fucking Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Like, and stuff like that. But now we're living in an age where like we went through COVID, so... They needed to rejuvenate the cinema industry. They need to, to, to like get subscribers to streaming services. I think the first mistake this movie made was not bringing back the original creative team. Yes. So this movie was directed by Kenny Ortega. Um, anyone that's listened to our podcast knows how much I love and respect Kenny Ortega. I can't think who wrote the original. Mick Garris is one of the writers. Who is a well-respected horror director? Um, he is the creator of Masters of Horror. He directed Stephen King's version of The Shining. Uh, David Kushner, who came yeah. back to do this one. He directed Sleepwalkers. He directed The Stand. He's directed like a bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah, you are right. It was Mick. So it was David Kushner who came up for this one. Mick Garris mm-hmm. and uh, Neil Cuthbert. Yeah, who wrote Mystery Men. Yeah, and this is my thing. Kenny Ortega is still alive. Kenny Ortega still has a good relationship with Disney. He's the only person in existence to have directed two full trilogies of Disney original, Disney Channel original movies. He directed Newsies. He directed the original Hocus Pocus. He's done a lot of stuff for Disney. Um, So I don't understand why he didn't come back. Unless Disney asked him and he flat out just said no, that he had no interest. As far as I know, there's no bad blood between any of the cast, crew, creatives or anything. Yeah, I don't know. My only thought is maybe he's working on something else. What are you doing, Ken? Currently. And I have a feeling I know what it is. He's currently working on... Descendants 4. No, a new Dirty Dancing movie by the looks of it. Oh yeah, they're making a sequel to Dirty Dancing. They're doing a legacy sequel to Dirty Dancing. Set in Peru. Yeah, uh, Jennifer... There's nobody linked with it yet except <coughs> Jenny, except um, Kenny. Well, as far as I... I remember hearing something like this the other day, Jennifer Grey's coming back. 
Uh, but anyway, that's ne- that's neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about day dancing. But you know, what I'm saying yeah. is more than likely. I mean, that's not due out till 2026, so it's still in pre-production. So yeah. I don't know why that would even be. So I think for me, that was the first sign that this movie might be in trouble. Mm. Was if the original creators are there and you are doing what is essentially a legacy sequel. Quite why this isn't coming out next year on the 30th anniversary of the original, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you would look to bring back the original cast and the original crew. So that was kind of like my first inclination that this probably wasn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. And like, it seems like, so I don't, I'm not going to shit on this movie as much as I want to because I, I understand why this movie exists. But Disney have a habit now that they have so many licenses mm-hmm. and they have their own streaming service mm-hmm. that they have basically just started mining childhood nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like we've got the Mighty Ducks TV series. We've got a sequel to Enchanted coming out. We've got like X number of Star Wars Marvel shows. They started putting like loads of live action versions of older Disney movies into production. Basically things that were going to keep the streaming service afloat. They're making a new sister act. Mm-hmm. And it seems like somebody somewhere just went, should we do Hocus Pocus too? Should we finally? Should we? Should we just? Should we just do it? Because people want it, and we could put it on the streaming service. So it's like Beck keeps calling me every yeah. fucking year. And it will we like sort this out. It will like get new subscribers, and it feels like it was a mandate rather than actually people going. You know what? We actually love the original movie. People love this original movie, and I think kind of weirdly the proof is in the pudding. So yeah, in the last I want to say five years. You've seen, like, Funko Pops, T-shirts, merchandise everywhere. Didn't they release, like, a series of Barbie dolls that look like the Sanderson sisters? And, like, everybody talks about how much they love this movie. Like, people of a certain age, my age, and, like, the generation under me, so your age, always go on about how they grew up with this movie, they fucking love this movie. Like, so many girls on, like, the internet are like, Pumpkin Spice and Hocus Pocus season! And I get it, like whatever like but as somebody quite rightly pointed out on twitter the other day since this movie's come out nobody is talking about it Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of come and gone without anybody really caring and it's like did they overestimate how much people cared about the original and actually wanted a sequel or is it just that it's not very good and I can't really answer that question because this movie isn't made for me. So I'm going to ask you what your feelings on the whole thing are. So I was very excited. The, the first one's beloved to me. I was very, very, very excited to watch this film. It is not a bad film. However, I feel very much about this like I did the third Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, that was another movie that I forgot about. Oh, I didn't. I remember it quite clearly. But that's not the point when I was talking about Bill and Ted. I feel very much about, like, about this the same way I did about that. Is this film only works because of the amount of nostalgia they push into it. Because mm-hmm. like, there's like the dance sequence where they're all in costumes from the from Halloween dance in the first movie. Cobweb is a direct reference to Binks. In fact, gets referred to as Binks at one point in the movie. Uh, there's a scene where they fly past one of the bedroom windows. They're watching Hocus Pocus. Um, the couple, there's a couple who's out on the bench who addressed like the couple from the scene they're watching later in the movie. Um, like in the town square. Obviously, there's like there's a bunch of references that I, I probably, probably missed on first watch. I'll probably catch them when I rewatch the film. Um, and I think that's what makes it worth it. I would have been perfectly happy if they said we're making a new Hocus Pocus movie, but not with the Sanderson sisters. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what it feels like the third one might be. Yeah, because they drop a, there's an end credit scene where basically they tease that there's going to be another Hocus Pocus thing, whether it's a film or a TV series, we don't know. Um, we don't even know if it's going to happen, but they do tease that it's a potential. And all three have said they'd come back as well. Bet Sarah and um, Kathy. Kathy have all said they would come back in a heartbeat to do a third one because they all love playing the characters. Mm. But I feel like 
they lose something in this movie? I think, for me, being objective, I think it just feels like it's a little bit lazy. And I think I think it's in the jokes. And I think it's... What they try to do is... You know how like you see those adverts sometimes? Like when they bring back like a character from somewhere and then they put them in like modern times. Mm-hmm. So you know like that fucking E.T. advert from a few years ago when they did B.T.? Sure. It kind of feels a bit like that. It feels like they tried to rely on the whole like okay, what can we do to make these characters feel fresh? And there's like that whole sequence at the beginning where they're in... The sequence that actually produces the film's best fucking joke is when they take them to the, like, pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the, the the comedy in the pharmacy store and the, them taking, like, A selfies selfie. and stuff. It's like... That is really lazy baseline See, level jokes. I like the selfie bit purely because it's really hard to explain. So basically, they're drinking all of the the bottles of potions, mm-hmm. trying to make themselves look young again. And on the self, when the when the three young Sanderson sisters who are dressed to then take the selfie with them, they've got the like the filter the on. filter on, yeah. so they all look super young, and they're all like, "Oh my god, it's working." And I liked that because I was like, that's a really fun way to kind of twist it so that they think that it's actually yeah, working yeah, yeah. when in actual fact it's not. And it's a good use of modern technology in a film like this. And so I didn't hate that. I thought that was quite amusing, actually. And I do like as well, because in the first film, the sisters are not particularly smart. They're quite dumb. And they play into it still in this film as well. Mm. Like, they don't suddenly make them like... There's no, It's not... They're still exceptionally stupid, and I really, really love that. Although they do use a few modern slang words in this mm-hmm. that I was, I really threw me out because I was like, you wouldn't know those words. Yeah. So, my my issue that I have with this movie, and I feel like I use this reference so many fucking times. When I was watching Rob Zombie's The Monsters, mm-hmm. I was like, it's really fucking obvious when you talk to Rob Zombie that he likes the monsters and that he's a fan of the monsters. Mm -hmm. But when he made the monsters movie, it came across like he didn't have a fundamental understanding of what it was that made the monsters so good. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the kind of the point here is it doesn't feel like anybody involved in the production of this film understood why the first movie was so good and why so many people loved it. And they just kind of did like half a remake and half a sequel. See, this is kind of the problem. So I rewatched the first one today because mm. I was like, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm going to watch it before we watch a sequel because it's fresh in my brain. So the first movie is like a young girl. I think she's like 10 maybe. Yeah. She's not very old. Her older brother and then his crush. Mm-hmm. And the whole kind of thing is kind of about what you would put yourself through for family. Because mm-hmm. he basically tries to sacrifice himself to save his sister. Yeah. He starts out as a pretty... No, they try, they try to yeah, yeah. take her They try to take her youth. So he drinks the potion to try and That's stop them. Castle. Basically. And obviously you've got the plot line with Binks. And like his sister had previously been killed by the witches. And he got cursed into being a cat. And it's kind of all about like the bond of blood and family. Can we talk about that for a second? Mm-hmm. Like the curse of being a cat. Everyone talks about how shit it is to be cursed to be a cat. Like Salem and fucking Sabrina and stuff. I'm like, nah man, make me a cat. Yeah, and Binks got both cursed into being a cat and eternal life. And he can t- still talk. And he can still well. talk, yeah, he can still talk. So, so can Salem as well. So can Salem. I was like, yeah man, I think it'd be a pretty sweet deal. You get to live forever I mean, Salem I kind of get, because Salem loses his magic. He can't use magic anymore. But Binks is just a normal human. But I mean, he did see his sister die and has had to live with the guilt of not rescuing his sister for the past, like, 100 years. Mm. So. Yeah, but yeah, sorry, it was such a weird aside. I was like, but, everyone just talks about being cursed to be a cat. And I'm like, it's not really a curse, is it? Cats got a pretty cool life. But yeah, so the whole thing with the first movie is it's about like that bond between siblings yeah. and like how far you'd go to save your younger mm-hmm. sibling. And it gives it a really heartwarming central premise. Mm-hmm. They lose that in this film because it becomes about like the bonds of friendship. Yeah. 
which are also really cool but the fact that they it's three teenage girls who are all about to turn 16 really because they're mm -hmm. all obviously the same-ish age um i don't know i feel like the fact that there's not they're not protecting somebody yeah like that is part of the reason i love the first movie so much is the core relationship between max and oh my god what is his little sister's name it's gone. I can't remember. I've got this this film's characters' names in my head mm -hmm. now. Um, I love the bond between those two. And I really fucking <clears> love Binks. Who um, is voiced by, and the human him is played by the guy who plays McGee in NCIS. Oh. <laughs> it's a weird, weird moment for you. I realised like, when I watched it when I was slightly older, I was like, hang on a fucking second, that's McGee. Um... But yes, I feel like this movie loses something. That, like, it does gain a really cool premise because it's about, like the bonds of friendship but instead of it just being like three best friends who like accidentally stumble into it they've added in this extra layer of like they've fallen out with one of their friends because she's now got a boyfriend and i'm like didn't need that plot line they could have just been three best friends like you putting in the relationship drama between the three of them mm -hmm. just adds extra weight to the film it didn't need yeah um because it really doesn't like you could have had the three of them together from the start of the film and it would have made no difference whatsoever um so yeah i think having it be three teenagers has kind of had an extra plots that have just like fattened the movie out when really it could have done with being slimmed down a little bit yeah and the film the film doesn't have any energy no which is, I think, part of the problem. It's nearly two hours long. It feels, it feels simultaneously too long and too short. Yeah. It feels like it takes way too long to get going. Nothing happens in the middle, and then it's a race to the end. Um, so nothing is really developed, and like they don't really do anything with like any of these like weird subplots that they set up mm. so sam richardson plays a kid which there's two there's two plot holes three plot holes in this movie one of which is his story because they turn around and say that he was there on the night when they crashed the school dance mm -hmm. but then on the wikipedia page or the imdb page it's like well he couldn't have been like for X number of reasons, they were like he couldn't have been and he wouldn't have been able to call them because he still would have been a little like. There's a whole thing about it. Like I didn't. Yeah, really... I did see that they yeah. were like he wouldn't have been able to see it happen because all of the kids were under the spells. But I'm pretty sure by the time the Sanderson sisters chased down the siblings into the graveyard, the spells were yeah. broken on the rest of the children. So like his subplot doesn't. Well, really... he could have just not heard the song as well. That's fully an option. Yeah, like his subplot doesn't really go anywhere, and if anything, it kind of takes away from the first movie yeah. and like it's kind of pointless because he's basically this a, fa a fanboy who wants to bring them yeah back. he wants to bring them back and the thing is is like he spent years like creating a black flame candle to resurrect them and then gives it to becca, becca on her 16th, 16th birthday. birthday they could have literally just found a candle yeah like he him being there makes no difference to the plot whatsoever yeah. Other than just this little side quest he goes on with Billy. And the thing is as well, like they could have made him any other character. He could have just been someone who grew up in the town who decided to open a museum to the Sanderson sisters. Well, he's, he's, he's taken over the old Sanderson yeah. house. Yeah. But instead of him being like a fucking faux magic wielder, he could have literally just been a tour guide or like anybody. Yeah. And the thing is, for the whole hubbub that they make about him being like the one who brings them back... All of this, like, not really worth it. He does, he does fuck all. You get a side quest, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. And it's like the same thing as well with like, um, I had, a, I had another point I was going to make. So yeah, like the 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 way they get brought back is is fucking pointless. But like when they're when they're back, they don't. There's no, there's no purpose. There's no like urgency. There's no like, right? They're back. Let's make this a meaningful film let's build some tension like one of the case and points with this is the fact that there's a guy in the modern day who is one of the girl's dads who's the mayor of salem dad, yeah. who looks or is He's a direct descendant, descendant from the, the guy who like murdered them no 
Or like, like he, he all... tried to split the sisters yeah, up sorry. because Winnie refused to marry yeah. who the puritanical people wanted her to marry. And like they could have done way more with that subplot, other than like them being like, "Oh, it's him," and him doing like a mock impression of like his ancestor. Like that whole subplot was fucking pointless well, they, as well. They, they, they only go after him because they need the blood of their enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like, they didn't do enough with that subplot for it to have been like. Oh, look. Well, it wasn't really a subplot. It was just we need the, for this spell. We need the blood of an enemy. Oh, one of the descendants of our original yeah. enemies are here. That we'll go hunt him down, and then they find out he's had, he's got a daughter. So they're like, we'll just take her we'll instead. Just steal her soul. Um, but yeah, there seems to be like other than just repeating things that feel like the first movie. There's no. But they don't. There's no real reason for them to be back and for them to be in this film. Well, they're only back because somebody likes a black Yeah, but this is what candle. I mean. Like, it seems like... What I'm, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is the writers went, we've got the reason why they're back and we've got the end of the film, but it doesn't seem like they seem to be able to write anything in the middle. They were like, let's just have them do some, like, some fucking... some of the same shit that they did in the first movie. They're trying to cast a spell, babe. That's the whole point. So they started <laughs> the film chasing down the yeah, girls. I, I know... Like, I watched the movie, but I'm just saying, considering it's been, what, 30 years since the original one Mm -hmm. came out, nearly? You would have thought that they would have come up with a better plot line. Um, But they really couldn't have, because the problem is, is with the Black Flame Candle, they have to have sacrificed a child by morning and taken their life force. That's how the Black Flame Candle works. It's lore in the film, Mm -hmm. so you find out in the first one. They are brought back by a Black Flame Candle. So the option was either they perform the same spell again, they go and find a child, steal their soul, survive, blah, 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 or they find a different spell that they can cast that's going to give them more power so that they're no longer linked to the Black Flame Mm -hmm. Candle, which is the option they went down. So you could have either had the movie we have got or a complete rehash of the first movie. I thought this movie was a complete rehash of the first no, movie. No, because in, in the first film, they're trying to hunt down the little girl mm-hmm. to get her soul so that they can stay young and yes. like, defeat the Black Flame Candle. This film, they're trying to collect all of the ingredients so that they can cast the spell, the Magicka Maxima spell, mm-hmm. to make Winifred all-powerful. Mm-hmm different spells yeah it just felt like they hit a lot of the same beats as well, the well of movie. course they did because they would not night got blah 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 mining for nostalgia yeah and that's what i mean like it feels like it feels like a product it feels it doesn't feel like a film that needs to exist for it the doesn't. sake of it it never needed to exist the first movie ends perfectly the witches get defeated binks reunites with his sister they cross over the boy gets the girl, the little sister's safe, they all go off into the sunset together. Mm-hmm. There was never a need for a sequel to this film. We never needed a Hocus Pocus 2. It, it ends, it's all wrapped up neatly in a little bow. I don't even think there's like a little tease of like, ooh, no, they we could come back. Well, people weren't doing shit like that in the 90s. Like, it wraps up neatly in a little bow, that's it. So we never needed to have a sequel. I feel like the only reason the sequel has happened is because of the amount of popularity yeah. that the film has gained and the fact that all of the cast went, well, I'll do it again. Like, yeah, sure, yeah. why the fuck not? Like, people just will things into existence now. Yeah. I just, I guess, like, at the end of the day, like, this movie wasn't made for me. This movie isn't made for me. That's not to say that, like, I had a terrible time watching it. I just would have thought, given how much people wanted this movie, they would have done more with the characters and they would have done something different is all i'm saying but the problem with that is that is if they'd gone the other way and changed loads of stuff and made like a completely different film there would be a huge massive chunk of people going well we didn't want this we want the same film we had the first time just modernized Mm. because that's what most people want like i didn't want a brand new hocus pocus movie i basically wanted the original just new because i love the original the original's great yeah you didn't need to change anything. The formula was perfect. Mm. If they'd have done the exact same thing and just set in 2022, I'd have been like, this was amazing. But then again, perfect. then again, I'm a fucking massive hypocrite because I'm sitting there going, I wish they'd done something different. 
And then I love the fuck out of Ghostbusters Afterlife, and they basically just did the same thing in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. They're doing Ghostbusters. Yeah. So, tell you what is really interesting though. So we'll talk about the actual film instead of bitching about the fact that we made it. Um, so obviously they, they perform the Magicka Maxima spell in this. Yes. Um, which you find out, like nearly at the end of the film, that in order to cast the spell, you have to sacrifice the thing you love most. Winnie does not read this warning. Mm-hmm. Drew? At the beginning of the film, we meet Hannah Waddington's character. Waddingham. Waddingham, whatever. Um, of, like, witch mother or mother witch, whatever her character is called. Shame lady. Um, and she gives them the book and she says to them, never, ever, ever perform that spell. Hmm. And then they ask her, she says, a wit- like, she says, like, I'm really lonely. I used to have sisters. And her eyes go purple. And then at the end of the film, when Winnie's performing the spell, her eyes go purple. Yeah. So is the implication that the witch mother had performed the spell mm-hmm. and lost her sisters mm-hmm. and that's why she was warning the three of them to never perform it. Also, is Winifred the only one with like actual usable magic? See, this is the thing. Like this is this is what I would have liked to have seen more of in the movie. Firstly, firstly Disney, do not hire Hannah Waddington and fucking waste her. That's true. She should have been in this movie. Way fucking more. Woman is a gift. Um, d- disgusting. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Shame. But that's what I was hoping for more of in this movie. When they when they did the flashbacks to seventeen hundreds, I was hoping that they were going to pepper in more of that stuff throughout the movie. So we were going to see more of like what happened to Hannah Waddingham, what happened to them before they were leading up to the first movie. I wanted to see more of like the development of the sisters as they were like that kids and growing quite, up. But the thing is, I feel like it would have been a lot to have stuffed into yeah, this not film too, then. Not too much of it, just a little bit more. So when those things do crop up <laughs> about like, you know, it, it kind of just helps to build that bond of the sisters. Well, so when they start <clears throat> fucking dusting at the end, end gaming. I mean, to be fair, if, you, if you've watched the first film and love the first <coughs> film, them dying at the end of this film is still quite sad <laughs> because... It's you, when she starts. It's I think it's Sarah when she starts doing the fucking Peter Parker. My hands, they're like in the wind. My hands are in the wind. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, she's endgaming. Um, I love the fact that I just use the term endgaming. Endgaming. Um, I do. Do you mean Infinity War? In? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> like both those. Well, no, because they like dust at the end of Endgame as well when he fucking snaps and Thanos. Yeah, but you reference Peter Parker, which is Infinity War. What I am interested is so because I always think about in the first film we never see Mary or Sarah use mm-hmm. magic. Yeah, like outside of like Sarah can enchant people with her voice because mm-hmm. she sings "Come Little Children" in the first film mm-hmm. to like lure all of them to the witch's hut. Um, we never really see. Mary perform any magic. And in this film, when they both can use sparky powers, because mm-hmm. Mary starts doing finger guns, they're both really surprised. So I was like, did neither of them have like usable magical powers? Like, I know they can both ride brooms, because mm-hmm. we see them do it, but Winnie's the only one we ever see like perform yeah. active spells. And I wonder if their magic is similar to how we're shown um, Izzy, Cassie, and Becca. Becca's magic mm-hmm. in this. If Becca has the powers, but she can share it with the two mm-hmm. of them. Because power should be shared. Power of three. Charm taught us that. <clears throat> I mean, that yeah, wasn't the first thing to do three witches. Three witches is literally every witch story ever. The and there is a specific that. reason for it. And they reference it in this film as well. Yeah, they're like, <clears throat> maiden, mother and cronut. Because it's the three things, isn't it? It's the three faces, yeah. Yeah. The maiden mother. What was it we fucking... We watched something recently. Was it fucking... Was it Sandman? Yeah. Where they had... No, he meets up with the fates, which is also... So the fates are represented Yeah, and it was like one figure with like three faces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew we'd seen something recently. So the fates and the maiden mother of the crone... Because I'm pretty sure the maiden and the mother crow, the maiden mother crow is the Morrigan, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
the Fates are something different. They come from Greek mythology. Yeah. But they're they're both represented by the three faced women. Mm-hmm. So normally it is still Maiden Mother Crone. Yeah. Is it the Mora game? Now I'm doubting myself. Yeah. I have an entire fucking book on the anyway, Mora game. You, you were saying about how the magic should be shared. Yeah, so I was wondering, because they don't really address it, but I think you're supposed to just te- extrapolate. Yeah. That is the same with the sisters, is that Winifred has magic, but she shares her powers with her yeah. sisters. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, just a couple more scenes of them as kids growing up, or them, like in flashbacks would have helped to solidify that plot point. And like I really like the opening of this movie. Like I like the little kid versions of them in Salem. I think the way it was done was really fun. Um I like obviously the scene with Hannah Waddingham in it. I just wanted to see kind of like more of like the law and their world, like rather than them just like dicking about on fucking rumbas and stuff. Like also, I was wrong. It's Hecate, not Morrigan. Morrigan's an Irish deity. Hec- Hecate is the one that fucking Amy summons in Buffy. The witch. Yeah, she's yeah. a witch, a wicked goddess. Hecate, goddess of whatever it is, I beg of you. It's the, it's the episode where she does the fucking spell where she puts um, Cordelia's necklace in the thing yeah. and she um, turns everyone into love slaves. Yes, sure. Um, yeah. But, like, that was kind of, like, my my thing was, like, the opening of this movie is fucking dope. And, like, I just kind of wanted to see... I wanted to see more of, like, that backstory. And then, like, as you say, when they kind of reference it at the end of, like, her having the magic and then them other two not really knowing that they've got the magic and then, obviously, it being mirrored in the other three. Like, a few more flashback scenes of them, like, as teenagers or children kind of, like, learning about the book and learning about, like, their magic. Because you don't really get any flashbacks or any backstory in the first movie. They're just kind of, like, there. They they introduce who they are and then they're there and then that's it. And I just think if you're going to go to the effort of, like, showing us them as children at the beginning, a couple more visits back to the past at, like, different times in their lives would have helped to strengthen this movie. I mean, this movie's already nearly two hours long. What's another extra ten minutes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... But, like, that's that's an aside. Like, we didn't get that. That's not the movie that they chose to give us. They chose to give us the dicking about on Rumba and, like, fucking eating face lotion movie. Thing is, though, is I know I know that part really irritated you. But for me, I was like, this makes perfect fucking sense. I mean, that sequence is precluded by the greatest joke in the entire fucking movie which i love which i'm not gonna which i'm not gonna ruin for anybody just 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 bro just watch this just watch that one scene there is a fucking amazing joke about lights and paris that's fucking genius the luminescence joke is it luminescence no 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 yeah 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 I mean, you've basically given the joke. Well, I haven't because it makes no sense out of context. But it's so there are there are like there are bright spots in this movie. Like all three of the main actresses look like they are having the time of their lives. Oh yeah, and it's really Sarah Jessica Parker has never been so excited to put a fucking cape on in her life. It's nice to see Sarah Jessica Parker amongst a cast of people that she hasn't fucking violently and outrageously pissed off and (laughs) people who can't fucking stand her. But that's neither here nor there. So it's nice to kind of see that the three of them are like back together and obviously having a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm always in a in a artistry sense, not as a human being. I'm always going to bat for Bette Midler because Beaches is fucking great and Bette Midler is just a fucking powerhouse performer. I do think that much like the first movie, she gets a little bit too much to do. Um, I don't think the plot is spread evenly. But then, to be fair, if you're paying fucking Bette Midler, like, the other two can sit down and take a fucking seat because it's Bette Midler. But I think that Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy got a lot more to do in this, even though a lot of what they do isn't of note and has no real substance. They are far more present in this movie, I thought, than they are in in the first one. They both have one of my favourite jokes... Of my two favourite jokes in this film, both of them have one of them. 
the Sarah Jessica Parker is the spread out. Yeah. Where she just starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretching. I mean, that joke's in the trailer, though. I know. To be fair. But that literally. Yeah. <laughs> fucking every time I've seen the trailer and every, when I watch this movie, I still nearly wet myself when she did it. And then the second one is Mary when she's like, there's a lady trapped inside that small box. And they're talking to the Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Fucking killed. Like, that bit. And she responds and then they run off. Yeah. Fucking killed me. But they're my favourite parts in the first movie. I love Sarah and Mary. I'm I'm up and down on Winifred because I find her a little bit annoying. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah and Mary are my favourite parts in the first one. I think they're fucking hilarious. And I like the fact that they made them, like, super... Because, like, in the first film, they're both dumb and silly and, like, childish. Yeah. And I'm really glad that they kept that in this movie of, like, neither of them are particularly smart. Neither of them are particularly bright. And they are both very, very, very silly. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And fucking... I'm not being funny. So in the first film, Mary rides a vacuum cleaner because mm-hmm. she can't find her broom. And I love that they fed that over into this movie where she fucking goes and finds a rumba. Or two rumbas because she wears them like fucking <laughs> levitation. <laughs> it's dumb. It's the it's the dumbest thing. But god damn it, if it wasn't funny. And also, they become kind of like pets because they follow her around, which I really <laughs> love. Also, I like that they built on the relationship between Winifred and Book in this movie. Yeah. Of, like, they actually do kind of have a, like, relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And I really like they built on that. She calls her... She refers to herself as mother when yeah. she's talking to him at one point, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, because they kind of touch on it in or the... Or mummy. F- Is it mummy or mother? One of the two? One of the two. Oh, she says something. Um, because they kind of touch on it in the first book of, like, if she summons it, it comes to her... Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's not really addressed of like it is very much like a parent-child relationship to yeah. a degree. Whereas um, in this they play on it a lot more. Book does a face turn in this movie Book as well. Book does a face turn. I mean, Book, I thought, Book uh, is given to them with the one note of never, ever, 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 ever cast a spell yeah. under any circumstances. And they break that trust and Book's like, do you know what? I thought no. Sarah was going to do a face turn at one point. Yeah, well, so and then, I. She, then she bottled it and I was like, oh, this is fucking nonsense. Yeah. Because, like, this is, this is the thing. I did keep expecting her to catch them before the spell was cast. Yeah. See, and for the two to turn on Winnie. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for one of the sisters to be like, fuck this shit. I've had enough. I'm sick of, like, sick of your bullshit. I'm sick of, like, always doing what you want to do. Like, fuck it, I'm out. And yeah. then they kind of set up, sort of. Yeah, because Sarah, Sarah starts to be like, I'm my own person. And then she's like, and then she's like, when a friend says they're like, sit down, do this. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I just was like, mm, come I, on now. The thing is, though, is I feel like neither of them are ever going to turn on Winnie because Winnie sacrificed everything to be with them. Yeah. And like, she does that at the end of this movie. Yeah. She's like, she does it know. again at the end of this film. So like, it's, uh, the I, I think it is a sweet message in this film of it is sisterhood above all else. <laughs> So you can have all of the power in the world, but if you haven't got your sisters to share it with, yeah. then what's the point of it? Um, Billy Butcherson, absolutely fucking wasted in this movie. Yeah, they really waste having Billy back, because Billy's a delight in the first movie. Although, Doug Jones is wearing the same wig in this movie that he wears in the original, which is pretty cool. Um, Doug Jones is a fucking gift. He is um, a gift. It's nice to see him spreading his wings and not just like camping outside Guillermo del Toro's house, like for waiting the, for work. For the next job from um, Guillermo. Because you know, you probably do know this because you fucking love this movie. You know the fucking weird red ghost in Crimson Peak? Yeah, it's Doug Jones. That's him. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. I, I have a feeling that like when he's not working, Doug, Doug Jones is just like creeping at Guillermo del Toro's windows like, have you got any work for me? Yeah, Doug, 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 Doug Jones kind of goes into hibernation in the same way that Danny Elfman would like hibernate Until... when like he wasn't working with Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, Somebody accidentally set the wrong timer this time, though. Doug got woke up early and he was like, fuck. And they were like, we're doing a new Hocus Pocus if you need... We we, You can have... Do you want to... They, like, lured him with the the wig. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, come on, Doug, come on. Um, Come on. Guillermo's just round the corner. Don't worry about it. And they trapped him and put the costume on it and went, gang. It's like that thing where you've got the box and the stick. And they just pulled the stick out and he was trapped under the box. I'm really sorry, Doug Jones. (laughs) 
Um, he's in Star Trek Discovery, and he is a fucking delight in that. Movie. I love Doug Jones, but I do. I always like making um, taking making jokes about people who work with the same people constantly. Yeah. Also, just love the idea because Doug Jones is quite a, a tall man mm-hmm. and be quite a creepy looking dude. Yeah, he's like. General, I just love the idea of like a Disney exec like just luring him, <laughs> being like, "It's fine, Guillermo. Yeah, it's just around the corner. Don't worry about it." It's like it's like you know those. He's got like a creepy mask on, yeah. like a fishing line. Like it's Come like you know on. those. You know those scams you see in like DMs where it's like someone pretending to be a celebrity. It's like it's like it's like hi, I'm John Carpenter. I've uh, accidentally lost all my money and I need four hundred pounds to make Halloween Kills. I've got Michael Myers here, and then the next person is just like, "Hi, it's Michael Myers." I feel like they catfished Doug Jones. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, it's the Disney execs. We've got Guillermo here," and the next person is him like, "Hi, <laughs> it's Guillermo." Hi, it's Guillermo. And that's how they like. That's how they got him. And then Doug Jones really like suspicious. He was like, "That doesn't sound like Guillermo," and they were sort of going, "Hola, it's Guillermo." <laughs> Translate to Mexican. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Hola." My favorite one. Is it- I don't know what my name is. Like, Donde Esther. Donde Esther Guillermo. Guillermo. And Doug Jones was like, I don't speak Spanish, but that seems correct. <laughs> he probably does speak Spanish. I feel like he probably fucking does at this point. Um, so the, my favourite, just as a quick aside, my favourite one of those scams that's gone around recently is someone pretending to be Queen Lizzie 2. <laughs> yeah, I saw a screenshot of it the other day. She's like, hi, it's me, Queen Elizabeth. I'm not actually dead. I'm on an island. Um, I was put there by uh, Charles so that he could become king. Could you send me £4,000 so that I can get back to England and reclaim the throne, please? And then it says at the bottom, she's like, she's like um, it says, like, my corgis are here too. And like, it's just woof woof. <laughs> it's so... That's amazing. It's so fucking Oh my amazing. god, I got, someone tried to scam me the other day. You know this, you guys don't. Yeah. So there's this whole scam going around now. You, you're aware of this, because I was wanted to scam. Um, where people are texting being like, Hi mum, it's me. Uh, could you could you connect with me on my friend's WhatsApp, WhatsApp at this number? And basically they'll get you to add them on WhatsApp and then try and scam you out of money. Being like, I've got a bill I really need to pay. I don't have children. Unless my cats have become hyper-intelligent and grown opposable thumbs. I do not have kids. So they didn't get back to me. I responded going, which spawn is this? They did not respond. I'm I got a little, one the... bit, little bit disappointed. I got one the other day pretended to be gov.co.uk uh, telling me about like money for my like energy bills. Oh yeah, you've got to sign up for it. And they were like, yeah, you don't have to sign up for that. It's just automatic. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, what did you think of the new characters in this movie? I thought they were all basically non-entities. I didn't really care for any of them. Oh, I liked Becca, Izzy and Cassie. I did. I liked the three girls. I thought Gilbert sucked. Gilbert sucked. That is true. The mayor was completely... You didn't really need him. Uh, but I liked Becca, Izzy and Cassie. Yeah, I wasn't fussed on them. Oh, really? I thought they were really nice. I enjoyed them being there. <laughs> I'm glad that they have magic, and hopefully that they'll be the basis if they do do a TV series. I feel like... It's about the three of them in book. I feel like we don't get a TV... I feel like we don't get a film after this. I feel like we get some, like, fucking lame Disney TV series. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, the movie, the musical, the movie, the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Olivia yeah. Rodrigo's in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Josh Bassett, and that's how that's how you get Kenny or take it back. Yeah, yeah. Josh Bassett, it's actually a prequel. Josh Bassett actually plays Binks as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> he has, he does have like dopey animal energy. That kid, you but know, he's played by McGee. We always know what he yeah. looks like. We've seen human Binks, and like when has that ever stopped Disney? He's got a little low pony and everything. I mean. You look at fucking Josh Bassett, and he looks like. Oh, I like Josh. Don't he, don't come for Josh. He looks man. like he looks like no, he's better than the other one. He looks like a Disney animal. You know, like you know, he, like, he looks like a puppy that's been left out. Yeah, in the you rain. know, like when you watch fucking like Hundred and One Dalmatians or some shit, and there's like that one fucking dog that's always got its head to the side, and it just doesn't <laughs> really know what to do with itself. It's just chasing its tail because it's a fucking idiot. He does look like an animated puppy that's been left in the rain. I will give you that. Or he looks like he looks like one of those characters in like a Disney movie that was turned into an animal, 
or turned into a pig. You know, like fucking what's the? It's the kid, isn't it? In fucking Beauty and the Beast, the one that's like the footstool. Oh, Chip. Yeah. Or what's the footstool? The footstool's the dog, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he looks like Chip once he's been turned back from a cup, and he doesn't know what to <laughs> fucking do with himself, and he's just running around all over the place like he's been given like seven bags of sugar and a pack of Smarties. He's like, I'm a boy. Oh fuck, I'm not a cup anymore. <laughs> He kind what of stop going for Joshua the best. But but part. like but like that, but with a permanently oh dear god have I shit myself look <laughs> on his face. In case anyone can't tell, we have sat and watched the entirety of High School Musical the Musical series. If Tom Holland was about five years younger and permanently looked like he was confused he shit himself, that would be John Fassett. <laughs> I like Josh. He's fucking Simon's just bitter because he likes Olivia and I like Josh. Hey, look, man. The only, the only, the only person that I give a shit about in in the whole fucking situation is my man, Big Red. Came in last episode, declared his feelings to everyone. Fucking peace the fuck out like a little G, didn't he? What a legend! I like what's her face though. What's what's she called? Gina. Gina. Gina's alright. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry to anyone who hasn't watched High School Musical Musical the series. This makes no sense to you. Yeah. Um. Have you got any final thoughts on this movie? Um, and should they make any more? I enjoyed it for nostalgia's sake. I'm still not convinced it was a good film. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy it. You sound like a Star Wars fan. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. Whether it was good or not is another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did, I yeah. did enjoy it. I thought it was quite fun. Like, yeah. yeah. I can't be objective because it's played on my nostalgia. Like, yeah. I'm never able to be... A, Objective about a film like that. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that all three of the originals ca- girls came back. It was really nice seeing them in the roles again. I did really like the younger girls. I thought they were super fun. Um, I liked that. I loved Cobweb. Cobweb was the MVP of this film. Fake. He's a black cat. For anyone who didn't know that. Fake Binks. Fake Binks. Um, and let's be honest. Actually, no. The MVP of this film is Book. Mm-hmm. Oh, Book. Mm-hmm. I love Book. I think Book's great. And I would watch an entire film about books. Bro, we should have like a Hocus Pocus Evil Dead crossover. Yes. Where they accidentally swap books. And oh then like the fucking Sanderson sisters have to fight Deadites. Could you imagine? They just join forces with the Deadites. You know fucking full well they were. Fucking Mary's like kicking rumbas at fucking... <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, ratings wise, I'm going to give it a three. Just because, like, I really enjoyed it, but my brain is fully aware that if you're not a huge Hocus Pocus fan, this probably is not a very good film. Yeah. And you have just played on my nostalgia. So I'm going to give it a three. Right down the middle. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I have no nostalgia for this movie. I also realise that I'm not the target demographic for this movie. Um, I will always support family-friendly horror. Like, I know that this movie wasn't made for me. But I feel like it's important to keep making movies like this. Like I've said constantly, it's always important to make things like Goosebumps and like Scooby-Doo movies and like even like shit things like Zombies and like the remake of Under Wraps for Disney. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's going to be some fucking kid out there that like puts on Disney Plus and this is the first horror movie they watch. And then it sets them on a path of like other stuff. So I always advocate for having family friendly horror um, however, that said, I did not think that this was a very well-made movie. I didn't think it was very enjoyable. I think it plays way too much on the charm of the three leads and it plays way too much on the fact that you just wanted it for a very long time. Um, but it doesn't necessarily feel satisfying. It's like when you sit there at 12 o'clock at night and you're like, I really, really, really all I want right now is a piece of fucking chocolate cake. And then, like, two and then late... you order it from yeah. the fucking corp shop around yeah. the corner. You get, and, and then you, and then you, you like panic order a piece of chocolate cake because it's all you want, and then the chocolate cake is just really fucking sugary and disappointing. I have made that mistake. Remember, I was yeah. just craving cheesecake, and we ordered cheesecake from that cake shop around the, yeah. right, the corner, and I spent like five quid on cake, and it was the worst cheesecake. And that's kind of basically this is a Disney product through and through. And the one thing that it we the one thing that it has stayed with me, and it is because it is relevant to my interest, is it's made me fucking terrified of what Disenchanted is going to be like when that comes out next month. Yeah, I am fucking scared to death of what they're going to do to that franchise, based purely on how they've treated this one. All I'm saying is, if you do a third, bring back Kenny. Yeah, it's all we can ask because Kenny is a gift and Just, deserves everything. Justice for Kenny, no relation of General Ortega. Yes. Anyway, 
I'm going to give it a two, but that's an objective two. Um, I have no more to say on the movie than that. Have you guys seen Hocus Pocus 2? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Do you care? Do you not care? Let us know, as always, S-I-M-A-H-F-Pod on Twitter. So I'm Arid, a horror fan, all lowercase, all one word, Tumblr and Instagram. Join us on Monday when we will be discussing Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, I feel like this is going to be a complete reverse episode. I'm going to be like, that movie's fucking amazing. Be like, it's fucking Codswallop. Anyway, join us for that. Take care of yourselves, guys. Stay spooky. Stay safe. Goodbye. Bye.